Chapters 13 through 15 of Irenaeus Against Heresies, Book 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anne Boulay. Irenaeus Against Heresies, Book 3. Translated by Alexander Roberts and William H. Rombeau. Chapter 13 refutation of the opinion that paul was the only apostle who had knowledge of the truth one with regard to those the marcionites who alleged that paul alone knew the truth and that to him the mystery was manifested by revelation let paul himself convict them when he says that one and the same god wrought in peter for the apostolate of the circumcision and in himself for the gentiles peter therefore was an apostle of that very god whose was also paul and him whom peter preached as god among those of the circumcision and likewise the son of god did paul declare also among the gentiles for our lord never came to save paul alone nor is god so limited in means that he should have but one apostle who knew the dispensation of his son and again when paul says how beautiful are the feet of those bringing glad tidings of good things and preaching the gospel of peace he shows clearly that it was not merely one but there were many who used to preach the truth and again in the epistle to the corinthians when he had recounted all those who had seen god after the resurrection he says in continuation but whether it were i or they so we preach and so ye believed according to one and the same the preaching of all those who saw god after the resurrection from the dead two and again the lord replied to philip who wished to behold the father have i been so long a time with you and yet thou hast not known me philip he that sees me sees also the father and how sayest thou then show us the father for i am in the father and the father in me and henceforth ye know him and have seen him to these men therefore did the lord bear witness that in himself they had both known and seen the father and the father is truth to allege then that these men did not know the truth is to act the part of false witnesses and of those who had been alienated from the doctrine of christ for why did the lord send the twelve apostles to the lost sheep of the house of israel if these men did not know the truth how also did the seventy preach unless they had themselves previously known the truth of what was to be preached or how could peter have been in ignorance to whom the lord gave testimony that flesh and blood had not revealed to him but the father who is in heaven just then as paul was an apostle not of men neither by men but by jesus christ and god the father so with the rest the son indeed leading them to the father but the father revealing to them the son three but that Paul acceded to the request of those who summoned him to the apostles, on account of the question which had been raised, and went up to them, with Barnabas, to Jerusalem, not without reason, but that the liberty of the Gentiles might be confirmed by them, he does himself say, in the epistle to the Galatians, Then, fourteen years after, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking also Titus but i went up by revelation and communicated to them that gospel which i preached among the gentiles and again he says for an hour did we give place to subjection that the truth of the gospel might continue with you 
If, then, any one shall, from the Acts of the Apostles, carefully scrutinize the time concerning which it is written, that he went up to Jerusalem on account of the forementioned question, he will find those years mentioned by Paul coinciding with it. Thus the statement of Paul harmonizes with, and is, as it were, identical with, the testimony of Luke regarding the Apostles. Chapter 14 if Paul had known any mysteries unrevealed to the other apostles, Luke, his constant companion and fellow traveler, could not have been ignorant of them. Neither could the truth have possibly lain hid from him, through whom alone we learn many and most important particulars of the gospel history. 1. But that this Luke was inseparable from Paul, and his fellow laborer in the gospel, he himself clearly evinces, not as a matter of boasting, but as bound to do so by the truth itself. For he says that when Barnabas, and John, who was called Mark, had parted company from Paul, and sailed to Cyprus, we came to Troas. And when Paul had beheld in a dream a man of Macedonia, saying, Come into Macedonia, Paul, and help us. Immediately, he says, we endeavored to go into Macedonia, understanding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel unto them. Therefore, sailing from Troas, we directed our ship's course towards Samothracia, and then he carefully indicates all the rest of their journey as far as Philippi, and how they delivered their first address. For, sitting down, he says, we spake unto the women who had assembled, and certain believed, even a great many. And again does he say, but we sailed from Philippi after the days of unleavened bread, and came to Troas, where we abode seven days. And all the remaining details of his course with Paul he recounts, indicating with all diligence both places and cities and number of days, until they went up to Jerusalem, and what befell Paul there, how he was sent to Rome in bonds, the name of the centurion who took charge of him, and the signs of the ships, and how they made shipwreck, and the island upon which they escaped, and how they received kindness there, Paul healing the chief man of that island, and how they sailed from thence to Puteoli, and from that arrived at Rome, and for what period they sojourned at Rome. As Luke was present at all these occurrences, he carefully noted them down in writing, so that he cannot be convicted of falsehood or boastfulness, because all these particulars prove both that he was senior to all those who now teach otherwise, and that he was not ignorant of the truth that he was not merely a follower, but also a fellow laborer of the apostles, but especially of Paul. Paul has himself declared also in the epistles, saying, Demas hath forsaken me, and is departed unto Thessalonica, Crescens to Galatia, Titus to Dalmatia, only Luke is with me. From this he shows that he was always attached to and inseparable from him. And again he says, in the epistle to the Colossians, Luke, the beloved physician, greets you. But surely if Luke, who always preached in company with Paul, and is called by him the beloved, and with him performed the work of an evangelist, and was entrusted to hand down to us a gospel, learned nothing different from him, Paul, as has been pointed out from his words, how can these men, who were never attached to Paul, boast that they have learned hidden and unspeakable mysteries? 2 but that Paul taught with simplicity what he knew, not only to those who were employed with him, but to those that heard him, he does himself make manifest. 
for when the bishops and presbyters who came from ephesus and the other cities adjoining had assembled in miletus since he was himself hastening to jerusalem to observe pentecost after testifying many things to them and declaring what must happen to him at jerusalem he added i know that ye shall see my face no more therefore i take you to record this day that i am pure from the blood of all for i have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of god take heed therefore both to yourselves and to all the flock over which the holy ghost has placed you as bishops to rule the church of the lord which he has acquired for himself through his own blood then referring to the evil teachers who should arise he said i know that after my departure shall grievous wolves come to you not sparing the flock also of your own selves shall men arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them i have not shunned he says to declare unto you all the counsel of god thus did the apostles simply and without respect of persons deliver to what they had themselves learned from the lord thus also does luke without respect of persons deliver to us what he had learned from them as he has himself testified saying even as they delivered them unto us who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word three now if any man set luke aside as one who did not know the truth he will by so acting manifestly reject that gospel of which he claims to be a disciple for through him we have become acquainted with very many and important parts of the gospel for instance the generation of john the history of zacharias the coming of the angel to mary the exclamation of elizabeth the descent of the angels to the shepherds the words spoken by them the testimony of anna and of simeon with regard to christ and that twelve years of age he was left behind at jerusalem also the baptism of john the number of the lord's years when he was baptized and that this occurred in the fifteenth year of tiberius caesar in his office of teacher this is what he has said to the rich woe unto you that are rich for ye have received your consolation and woe unto you that are full for ye shall hunger and ye who laugh now for ye shall weep and woe unto you when all men shall speak well of you for so did your fathers to the false prophets all things of the following kind we have known through luke alone and numerous actions of the lord we have learned through him which also all the evangelists notice the multitude of fishes which peter's companions enclosed when at the lord's command they cast the nets the woman who had suffered for eighteen years and was healed on the sabbath day the man who had the dropsy whom the lord made whole on the sabbath and how he did defend himself for having performed an act of healing on that day how he taught his disciples not to aspire to the uppermost rooms how we should invite the poor and feeble who cannot recompense us the man who knocked during the night to obtain loaves and did obtain them because of the urgency of his importunity how when our lord was sitting at meat with a pharisee a woman that was a sinner kissed his feet and anointed them with ointment with what the lord said to simon on her behalf concerning the two debtors also about the parable of that rich man who stored up the goods which had accrued to him to whom it was also said in this night they shall demand thy soul from thee whose then shall these things be which thou hast prepared and similar to this 
that of the rich man who was clothed in purple and who fared sumptuously and the indigent lazarus also the answer which he gave to his disciples when they said increase our faith also his conversation with zacchaeus the publican also about the pharisee and the publican who were praying in the temple at the same time also the ten lepers whom he cleansed in the way simultaneously also how he ordered the lame and the blind to be gathered to the wedding from the lanes and streets also the parable of the judge who feared not god whom the widow's importunity led to avenge her cause and about the fig tree in the vineyard which produced no fruit there are also many other particulars to be found mentioned by luke alone which are made use of by both marcion and valentinus and besides all these he records what christ said to his disciples in the way after the resurrection and how they recognized him in the breaking of bread four it follows then as of course that these men must either receive the rest of his narrative or else reject these parts also for no persons of common sense can permit them to receive some things recounted by luke as being true and to set others aside as if he had not known the truth and if indeed marcion's followers reject these they will then possess no gospel for curtailing that according to luke as i have said already they boast in having the gospel in what remains but the followers of valentinus must give up their utterly vain talk for they have taken from that gospel many occasions for their own speculations to put an evil interpretation upon what he has well said if on the other hand they feel compelled to receive the remaining portions also then by studying the perfect gospel and the doctrine of the apostles they will find it necessary to repent that they may be saved from the danger to which they are exposed chapter fifteen refutation of the ebionites who disparaged the authority of st paul from the writings of st luke which must be received as a whole exposure of the hypocrisy deceit and pride of the gnostics the apostles and their disciples knew and preached one god the creator of the world one but again we allege the same against those who do not recognize paul as an apostle that they should either reject the other words of the gospel which we have come to know through luke alone and not make use of them or else if they do receive all these they must necessarily admit also that testimony concerning paul when he luke tells us that the lord spoke at first to him from heaven saul saul why persecutest thou me i am jesus christ whom thou persecutest and then to ananias saying regarding him go thy way for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name among the gentiles and kings and the children of israel for i will show him from this time how great things he must suffer for my name's sake those therefore who do not accept of him as a teacher who was chosen by god for this purpose that he might boldly bear his name as being sent to the forementioned nations do despise the election of god and separate themselves from the company of the apostles for neither can they contend that paul was no apostle when he was chosen for this purpose nor can they prove luke guilty of falsehood when he proclaims the truth to us with all diligence it may be indeed that it was with this view that god set forth very many gospel truths through luke's instrumentality which all should esteem it necessary to use 
in order that all persons, following his subsequent testimony, which treats upon the acts and the doctrines of the apostles, and holding the unadulterated rule of truth, may be saved. His testimony, therefore, is true, and the doctrine of the apostles is open and steadfast, holding nothing in reserve, nor did they teach one set of doctrines in private, and another in public. 2. For this is the subterfuge of false persons, evil seducers and hypocrites, as they act who are from Valentinus. These men discourse to the multitude about those who belong to the church, whom they do themselves term vulgar and ecclesiastic. By these words they entrap the more simple, and entice them, imitating our phraseology, that these dupes may listen to them the oftener. And then these are asked regarding us, how it is that when they hold doctrines similar to ours, we, without cause, keep ourselves aloof from their company, and how it is that when they say the same things and hold the same doctrine, we call them heretics. When they have thus, by means of questions, overthrown the faith of any, and rendered them uncontradicting hearers of their own, they describe to them in private the unspeakable mystery of their pleroma. But they are altogether deceived, who imagine that they may learn from the scriptural text adduced by heretics, that doctrine which their words plausibly teach. For error is plausible, and bears a resemblance to the truth, but requires to be disguised, while truth is without disguise, and therefore has been entrusted to children. If any one of their auditors do indeed demand explanations, or start objections to them, they affirm that he is one not capable of receiving the truth, and not having from above the seed derived from their mother and thus really give him no reply, but simply declare that he is of the intermediate regions, that is, belongs to animal natures. But if any one do yield himself up to them like little sheep, and follows out their practice, and their redemption, such a one is puffed up to such an extent that he thinks he is neither in heaven nor on earth, but that he has passed within the pleroma, and having already embraced his angel, he walks with a strutting gait and a supercilious countenance, possessing all the pompous air of a cock. There are those among them who assert that that man who comes from above ought to follow a good course of conduct, wherefore they do also pretend a gravity of demeanor, with a certain superciliousness. The majority, however, having become scoffers also, as if already perfect, and living without regard to appearances, yea, in contempt of that which is good, call themselves the spiritual, and allege they have already become acquainted with that place of refreshing which is within their pleroma. 3. But let us revert to the same line of argument hitherto pursued, for when it has been manifestly declared, that they who were the preachers of the truth and the apostles of liberty termed no one else God, or named him Lord, except the one true God the Father and his word, who has the preeminence in all things. It shall then be clearly proved that they, the apostles, confess as the Lord God him who was the creator of heaven and earth, who also spoke with Moses, gave to him the dispensation of the law, and who called the fathers, and that they knew no other. The opinion of the apostles, therefore, and of those, Mark and Luke, who learned from their words concerning God, has been made manifest. End of Book 3, Chapters 13 through 15